No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today, we see where Shiloh becomes the new headquarters for Israel's military. Joshua casts lots to determine the inheritance of the seven remaining tribes west of the Jordan River. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Daryl continues in Joshua chapter 18 on Simply the Bible. As Joshua divided the promised land among the 12 tribes of Israel, there were still seven tribes who hadn't received their inheritance. We pick it up in Joshua chapter 18. Now the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of meeting there. And the land was subdued before them. The children of Israel set up the tabernacle in Shiloh, which was in the territory of Ephraim near the border of Benjamin. Shiloh means place of rest. This would be the place where the Lord would rest for the next 300 years. In Deuteronomy 12, 11, God said that he would choose the place where his name would dwell. Ultimately, that would be Jerusalem, but for now, it was Shiloh. The name Shiloh is also prominent in a prophecy given by Jacob concerning the Messiah. Genesis 49:10 says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. Now, to us, our Shiloh is Jesus Christ, and we have found our resting place in him. We rest from our works of righteousness in seeking to be justified before God. And by grace, we have received his finished work that he accomplished for us on the cross. Verse 2, But there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. The tabernacle rested, but there were seven tribes that couldn't rest just yet. They had not yet conquered the land to receive their tribal inheritance. There were battles to be fought and work to be done before they could rest. Then Joshua said to the children of Israel, How long will you neglect to go and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you? There was a time for peace and a time for war. God intended them to enjoy peace in the land of milk and honey. But first they had to make war against the inhabitants of the land. God had opened the door for them, but They had neglected to go through it. Now, there's a time to wait upon God, but there's also the time when God tells us to go. And if we don't go, then we're shirking our duty. Proverbs 12, 27 says, The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. In any activity, there's no substitute for diligence. Diligence is doing the right thing on time. William Penn said, Patience and diligence, like faith, remove mountains. Obviously, these seven tribes needed to be stirred up to finish the work they had begun so that they could take their place alongside their brothers who had already received their inheritance. What is the land of our inheritance that God has set before us? Too many Christians reach a spiritual plateau where life is comfortable but they never go on to take the fullness of their inheritance. 
They are saved, but they are living beneath their potential. God has not called us to a life of ease. I am concerned for Christians living in America because our affluence is intoxicating. Our comfort and leisure can anesthetize us to the needs around us and the land before us. Complacency is as addictive as any drug. Perhaps this is the reason the author of Hebrews exhorts us and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Frankly, one of the reasons I began this radio program is because as I grow older and life is more comfortable than it used to be, I recognize the danger of complacency. Therefore, I set this challenge for myself to teach through the entire Bible. Now, if you're blessed by this broadcast, then praise God. But I'm doing this also to safeguard myself from the slow and deceitful progression of complacency. In verse 4, Joshua told them, Pick out from among you three men for each tribe, and I will send them, and they shall rise and go through the land. Survey it according to their inheritance, and come back to me, and they shall divide it into seven parts. Judah shall remain in their territory on the south, and the house of Joseph shall remain in their territory on the north. You shall therefore survey the land in seven parts, and bring this survey here to me, that I may cast lots for you here before the Lord our God. But the Levites have no part among you, for the priesthood of the Lord is their inheritance." And Gad, Reuben, and the half-tribe of Manasseh have received their inheritance beyond the Jordan on the east, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave them. Then the men arose to go away, and Joshua charged those who went to survey the land, saying, Go walk through the land, survey it, and come back to me, that I may cast lots for you here before the Lord in Shiloh. Joshua's plan was practical and strategic. He sent three surveyors from each tribe to survey the remaining territory to divide it up among the seven tribes. Verse 9, So the men went, passed through the land, and wrote the survey in a book in seven parts by cities. And they came to Joshua at the camp in Shiloh. Then Joshua cast lots for them in Shiloh before the Lord, and there Joshua divided the land to the children of Israel according to their divisions. The Jewish historian Josephus tells us that this survey took seven months. Joshua cast lots to determine the allotment for each tribe, giving the decision over to the Lord. Verse 11, Now the lot of the tribe of the children of Benjamin came up according to their families, and the territory of their lot came out between the children of Judah and the children of Joseph. In verses 11 through 28, we are given the boundaries for the tribe of Benjamin along with their cities. Now, this will be the last time I say it. Get a Bible map that shows the tribal divisions of the promised land. You can easily find one online. And in this case, a map is worth a thousand words. The territory of Benjamin was the smallest of all the tribes, but it was in the very heart of Israel. Its eastern border was the Jordan River. Its southern border extended westward from the northern coast of the Dead Sea up to Kiriath-Jerim, 
which was about seven miles west of Jerusalem. Bethel and Jericho were on its northern border. Benjamin had Judah on its southern border and the two tribes of Joseph on its northern border. This made sense because Benjamin and Joseph were so close in life as the two sons of Rachel. But later, when the kingdom was divided in the days of King Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, Benjamin would be an ally with Judah to form the southern kingdom. Benjamin had the cities of Jericho, Bethel, Gilgal, and even Jerusalem. Now, at this time, the Jebusites still had control of Jerusalem, which was on Benjamin's southern border. But in the future, David would drive out the Jebusites and Jerusalem would become part of Judah. Chapter 19. The second lot came out for Simeon, for the tribe of the children of Simeon, according to their families. And their inheritance was within the inheritance of the children of Judah. Judah had such a large territory that they decided to share some of it with Simeon. This was a fulfillment of the deathbed prophecy spoken by Jacob about Simeon and Levi because of their cruel wrath they demonstrated at Shechem. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, Jacob said, and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Levi, as the priestly tribe, did not receive an inheritance, for the Lord was their inheritance. Levi was scattered throughout Israel. And Simeon did not receive their own inheritance, as the other tribes did, but they had an inheritance within Judah's borders. Verse 10, the third lot came out for the children of Zebulun, according to their families. Zebulun was sandwiched between the Mediterranean Sea and the Sea of Galilee, although it had neither coast within its borders. To the west was Asher, to the south was West Manasseh, and to the east was Naphtali in the north and Issachar in the south. Zebulun and Naphtali figure prominently in the life of Christ, for Nazareth was within the borders of Zebulun, and Capernaum, which was the base of operations for Jesus' Galilean ministry, was in Naphtali. As Matthew wrote his gospel, he spoke of Jesus dwelling in Capernaum and fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Verse 17. The fourth lot came out to Issachar. For the children of Issachar, according to their families, Issachar's land was south of the Sea of Galilee, with the Jordan River on the eastern border and west Manasseh on the south. Also on the southern border was the city of Jezreel. This marks the Valley of Jezreel, which will be the location of the final epic battle of the Great Tribulation known as Armageddon. Verse 24. The fifth lot came out for the tribe of the children of Asher. Asher's entire western border was on the Mediterranean coast. Now that wouldn't be such a bad place to live. Naphtali and Zebulun were on the eastern border. Verse 32, the sixth lot came out to the children of Naphtali, the upper sea of Galilee and the entire western coast of the lower and larger sea of Galilee were in Naphtali's territory. 
verse 40. The seventh lot came out for the tribe of the children of Dan. Dan was down south, just north of Judah. Benjamin was on the eastern border. The Mediterranean was on the western border. Now, together, Benjamin and Dan formed a belt through the center of Israel with the Mediterranean on the west and the Dead Sea on the east. Dan would also claim a portion at the north end of Naphtali. They would fight against the city of Leshem and then rename it Dan. Verse 49. When they had made an end of dividing the land as an inheritance according to their borders, the children of Israel gave an inheritance among them to Joshua, the son of Nun. According to the word of the Lord, they gave him the city which he asked for, Timnath-Serah, in the mountains of Ephraim, and he built the city and dwelt in it. Now, as a good leader, Joshua gave everybody else their inheritance before he received one himself. And then it was the children of Israel who gave it to him as he asked for it. But Timnath Sarah means abundant portion. And it's so true that when we put God first and others before ourselves, God will give us an abundant portion. These were the inheritances which Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel divided as an inheritance by lot in Shiloh before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So they made an end of dividing the country. And now all the children of Israel could rest in the land of milk and honey. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we will see where the 12 tribes of Israel give cities to the three divisions of Levites, including six cities of refuge. God provides for his servants who are devoted to him. We hope you'll join us as we continue in Joshua on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.